if you want to make it very vanilla, you can do that too. And that's sort of like what I've made. Like, like I've made it like where it's pretty chill. Like it's not pretty like girlfriend experience. Yeah. Like it's so not like what you see in the movies or anything like that. You know what I mean? Welcome back to the Slutpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Anna D, here to empower women to build their own empire and interviewing sluts who like to make money. On my podcast, I give you a peek inside my life as a girl boss, mentor, retired cam girl, viral TikToker, and now 1% OnlyFans creator. I share the ups and downs of running a multi-million dollar business and the difficult yet sexy path to success. How are you guys doing today? Special episode per usual. They're all special. But today you're going to meet Christina, who's a motherfucking escort. And it's been a while. I've been waiting for an escort to reach out to me because this is one of the most critical sides of sex work. It's something a lot of people look down upon, but I think the most beautiful, hardworking, thick skin people I meet in my life have escorted before. Um, So I'm also going to leave some links in the description about safety when being in this line of work, because with this in particularly, being face to face with someone that you don't know can be really scary. And I think having resources to know how to screen people, um, all sorts of things, because things can go south very quickly. And if you haven't joined my Discord or Facebook group, we have a lot of girls in our community that you can talk to and relate to if you feel alone in this industry. The Facebook group is linked in the description of this episode, or you can go to cehose.com. It will direct you to the group. Uh, The Discord, you have to get a special link. The links expire. So you can get that link in the Facebook group just by asking any of the mods. So enough of the intro. Let's dive into this episode. I can't wait for you guys to meet Miss Christina. So you reached out to me on OnlyFans. How did you hear about me? Did you find uh, Rebecca Blue on TikTok? That's usually the case. No, I found you like from word of mouth, actually. No Um, way. Girl I know who does it. Yeah, she does a podcast. She said she tried reaching out to you and never heard back. Okay, let me try her. (laughs) Maybe afterwards you can let me know and maybe we can spark that up again. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't know anything about you. And then I found you just just your podcast. And it took me a while to finally find you on TikTok. Because you'd mentioned TikTok, but you didn't say your name. Yeah, I, it's really interesting. I, I have so many characters that I play and indulge with. I try not to crossbreed them too much, uh, but I'm getting more comfortable as this goes on, as, as we all are. <laughs> yeah, I got a clue when I saw Mothership. I was like, God, you're so clever with your names. Oh, thank you. I I guess like being I don't know there's something like names are really important to me and that's why I think stage names are because online there's already so much competition so you gotta you know stand out from the rest from the gate you know just with your name yeah and you said that a lot like if I if I ever get this um really going I think the first thing I'll do is like get a copywriter because I'm the worst at at writing those kinds of texts like I can do everything else better, mm-hmm. like the creative, like uh, visual things I can do. But writing is like the worst for me. 
Well, there's all there's so many copywriters out there. And one of my friends, Dalma, she has a podcast called the Panty Selling Podcast. She just started a site. It's called Sex Work Rolodex. I think it's spelled SW Rolodex. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so interested in it because there's probably copywriters and editors and all sorts of things on there. And I always claim like if you're not good at something or don't enjoy it, like outsource it if you can. Yeah, if you can. Exactly. That'd be the first thing I'd do for sure. So I see you have a podcast called The Dawn Diaries. You care if I plug it? No, that's great. I mean, it's very new. So I want as many people to know it as possible for sure. Yeah. So it says about you coming from a 12 step background. I've always enjoyed the part that we get to share our truth, but not everyone is from a 12 step group. In fact, I no longer am. This podcast will be based on my life. Lives of others will appear and I speak about me, which will include but not limited to sex work. So it's kind of interesting you drop the sex work at the end. Yeah. And then I started adding it to other episodes more. So but that was when I first decided to do the podcast. And I, I didn't think I was going to mention it at all. And then I started uh, kind of improving, mm-hmm. and I could not do it without talking about sex work. So <laughs> I just let it all happen. And now a lot of the episodes are just catered to that. But I think I'm more than that. Not that that's you know that's, mm-hmm. you know how it is. Like you you think like it's your identity. You know what I'm saying? Like. I know I'm not I can, a lot of sense. Well, you look back and you're like, when it's happening, it, it just seems like another day. But then you look back and you're like, oh my God, that taught me a lot. And that's really interesting. And day to day people don't understand that experience. So when you start talking about it and get feedback and people are like proud of you, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I survived that. And, you know, I got my bag too. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. And I just think that like there's girls that have been in 12 step meetings that I don't know if are you familiar with 12 step by chance is that like Alcoholics Anonymous that's the main one and then there's there's a like like all kinds of like galore of 12 step meetings after AA like AA founder and then there was so many that branched from it so I did get a DUI when I was 17 and I was kind of forced to do alcohol classes I I, see I know all about you yeah I I looked into that too yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I I did that I had to do the Alcoholics Anonymous and it was I mean I was so young it was a little scary like being in there I don't know if scary is the word maybe intimidated so I ended up going next door to the sex addict anonymous <laughs> and really? felt a little that was more less intimidating that's cool <laughs> yeah it was interesting was there a um, reason, do you know why that might be why that one was less intimidating um, I guess just because I'm so comfortable with my sexuality and I, maybe I just wasn't comfortable exposing that I enjoyed taking substances. I always was kind of one of those self-medicators that knew the dose I needed to take and kind of wouldn't go like take advantage of going um, more than I could handle because, you know, um, back then I was like 100 pounds, 4 foot 11. Oh, so, I got it, got it. Little baby. Um, But let's get into the tea. I see you were born and raised in LA, which is pretty cool. And do you care telling what age you were when you started escorting? At the legal limit. (laughs) The legal limit. And honestly, I've like, I might know less than a handful of people who have escorted. And I think the public persona is that it's prostitution. How do you feel about that? Oh, I, the verbiage never matters to me. 
I, I don't care like what you call it, you know. But why do we look down on that particular side of sex work and not like a webcam model? See, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, for me, it's hard once you've started doing that. It's hard to see the lens of somebody else. Like, I know before I ever started sex work, like how mysterious and unknown it was. And now that I know all about it, I can't see what someone else would compare the two, like mm-hmm. cam modeling and escorting. Like, Do you think it's just because it's physical and not virtual? Oh, like for me personally, I think camming would be less of a boundary push than escorting. But a lot of hard work. Like I know that too. So, Well, what's it like? Put yourself back being, you know, 18 and, you know, what... What made you take that step? And like, was it scary or were you just like, fuck it? No, it was so scary. Like, I just don't have like a, like a good upbringing to begin with. So I didn't have a whole lot of choices. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are so close to being homeless from just one mistake. Mm -hmm. They don't have like a whole net of like a support system to like carry them through if God forbid, like there was a hurricane or there was a something, something has to go wrong, like one time for people to be in that situation. And that's what happened to me. Like I was just in a bad situation and I just decided to do what I knew could make me money. And it was only because someone had talked to me about it. Had someone talked to me about camming first, then I probably would have chosen cam, you know? Did it just seem like any option at that point you were ready to to get out of like a hole you were in. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So what, who was this guy? Like, was he just a friend or was he someone you trusted? Uh, no. And I still wouldn't to this day trust him because there was a lot of sketchy things that ended up happening between the two of us. I met him through Craigslist. I was looking for like someone to live with and I would pay them some rent. And I remember mm-hmm. going to this guy who was a lot older. He had a big old house. And I remember feeling really scared about what he had expectation wise with me. What were his expectations? Did Was it a, Hey, I'm here to rent or like, what's it off the bat? Was he like, you know, you need to do some other things for me too. Yeah. 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 It was like that. So basically like I had never escorted in my life. So for me, mentally, the jump from like, paying rent with a living with a guy was weird to begin with mm-hmm. and then paying them rent like was weird not not weird but just the fact that I it wasn't like a regular roommate situation like let's say a college situation with someone my own age so that was weird for me like I'm just thinking back like you said when I was that age when I was that age like living with an older guy was just weird enough but knowing that he had these weird expectations of like maybe doing more physically like really weirded me out and I was like why isn't the rent enough why why do I have to do more? And he was like, well, $250 for a bedroom is like nothing to me. Like, and I didn't understand that concept either because to me that was a lot of money, you know, at the time. So seeing that as a red flag, did you run for the hills or you're like, well, this is again, like this is an option. So I'm kind of blind to what my intuition's telling me. <laughs> no, I did. Like I did kind of like think about it and left And now going back, maybe like, see, that's the thing. Hindsight is so crazy because now I think I would have done that instead of what I ended up doing. 
because it was just one dude and it probably wouldn't have been so bad because he had like this huge mansion right so actually that probably would have been the better choice but at the time I was so scared that I was like "Ah, I don't know and then I met that guy that I'm telling you about who told me about escorting and he Mm. was like messed up because he sort of like kind of manipulated his way into like getting stuff for like what I would call for free right now but at the time I thought it was like kind of like proving myself or like showing that I'm a good roommate or I don't know what it was. It was just weird stuff. Right. Like, yeah, well, he's like, I need to trust you so I can give you your necessities in a way where, were there other girls around or was it just you? It was just me. Yeah. With this guy in particular, he was not a pimp or anything. It was just someone who told me about escorting to begin with. So he tells you about escorting. How does that conversation go? He was just saying like how he met a girl the other night, someone I'd never seen in person. And he was saying like how she makes a buck 50 an hour. And it didn't sound like a lot of money to me at the time. But he was just sort of like kind of just putting it in my ear, you know, like telling me what it's like and how she had fun coming over and this and that and how she drives this nice car. Like, I don't know. He he would do these things mysteriously. Like he would tell me he was kind of like like how guys do that when they hook up with like hot chicks. They just have to tell you about it. He did that mm-hmm. to me. So he'd be like buddy buddy with me too. And then tell me these stories and give me ideas because he knew I was in like such a bind. So would you call that grooming? I think I would. And and then there was a time where I was escorting and we were still friends. And I wanted to move into this apartment complex that required a co-signer because um, at that time, like even now it's hard to prove income, right? So I asked him to do it thinking that he might, not like on a small chance, right? And he's like, oh, you have to do this for me. And so I did. And like nothing ever came of it, you know, like. So where, like, where do the clients come from? Like, does he tell you like how to do it? I mean, no, he didn't tell me any of that stuff. No, <laughs> well, maybe it wasn't grooming, right? It's like it's hard to say, right? <laughs> I mean, I've, you know, I've, uh, I'm trying to think of any grooming experience. Like when you're in it, it doesn't feel like that. Just like you said, until yes. you process yes. it, and um, yes. yeah. you know, I we even had a review on the podcast where someone suggested that. I was glorifying grooming because when I met my partner, you know, I was younger and he was older, but, you know, we're still together and we're in a really healthy relationship. And I didn't preface at the time, like it doesn't always work out like that in that situation. And there are older men who've played that game over and over. So when a younger, more naive girl comes along, you know, they just know the ropes to kind of pull her in a little bit. But was this the guy that like got you clients? Like, I'm curious how the client situation happened. Well, like there was always a weird vibe from the guy. So I distanced myself from him. I was kind of in and out of his life. Um, he was in and out of my life. Right. But mm-hmm. um, the whole thing was just kind of like a plug in my head that he left like an impression. Right. But I never like communicated to him that I was going to I was planning on doing it, that I was going to do it. He found out on a website and he laughed about it, actually. He laughed about the fact that I had these photos that I just used because they're like the only headshots that I had that I had used when we first introduced each other on Craigslist, right? Like send me a photo, you know, you know, how people do that with email exchanges. They want to see what you look like, whatever. 
he was laughing mm-hmm. that I had used the same photos. But he was always so, a weird guy. Like, but were those photos like you advertising for escorting services? Yeah, yeah. He found so, yeah, so exactly. So like, what was he doing on those sites, right? So how did you end up deciding that you were going to advertise yourself and how did you find those websites? Oh, well that, um, I actually have that in my podcast, but basically I just went to Starbucks and like answered a lot of ads under escorts and Craigslist. You won't see that now because Craigslist is shut down, but like at the right. time there was so many agencies that you could respond to at any given day. Okay. Yeah. And so you put that ad up, do you get clicks like instantly or just a ton of emails? A ton of emails. Yeah. Craigslist used to be that way. Like you get so many responses. Yeah. So you get an email and it's a potential person you're ready to offer your services for, for the first time. How did that make you feel and what made you choose him? Oh, no, it was, it was not that simple. It was never like, like you could find clients that quickly. It was like, it was agencies that I was going for because I didn't know anything Um. about how to get started. So the agencies would set you up with clients and that's when you first meet the clients like through them. So So what's the difference between an agency and a pimp? You know what? The truth is there is no difference. (laughs) (laughs) Is the agency just more organized? Yeah. Okay. So you, how do you skip that? Like they're just (laughs) as rookie as everybody else, to be honest. Like, so how do you pick that agency? Was it just like the first one or? Yeah. Like it was just like emails that like, I responded to and they responded back to me and I would meet with them. Okay. Where'd you guys meet? And was it like just one person? Well, it was so many responses that I went to. Like one, it would be like at a Starbucks. Others would be like at a hotel room. Um, Some would be at a house that they, I don't know if they rent it or some vacant house that was like, <laughs> yeah, that had rooms with other girls in it. That's crazy. So, it so like Eagle Rock in LA. So there's like a lot more space, like here in New York, it would be like some apartment or something like that. It wouldn't be like a house or anything like that. So what was the first call like? Like, can, do you remember it vividly or did you have to like take anything to relax yourself? No, I always wanted to be stone cold sober because I don't know what's going to happen. No, just, just, you never know what could happen and you're already freaked out as it is. So it's like, you just want to be very alert, Mm -hmm. but I don't remember my first, maybe I do. It's just, it just came to me because I literally couldn't remember who it was, but now I do remember who it was. Yeah. And it went okay. Like he freaked me out in the beginning, (laughs) like, yeah, cause I wasn't attracted to him, but like in hindsight, he was probably one of the most attractive guys, but you, you don't know. Like at the time you think. What's attractive is like someone close to your age mm-hmm. who like, I know that sounds weird, but almost sort of looks like you in a way like where they're your equal, maybe physically. I know that sounds strange and weird and superficial, but like, no, that's I mean, that's not strange at all. Even at the strip club, um, it was kind of the opposite for me. Like I found that the younger attractive guys wanted more for less than an older gentleman, some sort, you know, they were willing to pay more because they knew they didn't really, you know, money is what they could offer. So I always were drawn to them. So when escorting, did you ever have like an older client who, you know, maybe wasn't your type? Was that like harder to deal with? Or was it easier? No, I'm just going back in time, though. Like, yeah, you asked me my first time, but that's what I was thinking at that time. But now, okay. like, it's totally like what you just said. It's the opposite. Like, I do Isn't not that interesting? like guys. Yeah, I do not like guys my own age. 
They're the worst to deal with. The more attractive they are, the worse they are. Like, unless you're really lucky, which is very yeah. rare. It's like finding like like a needle in the desert, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so what did you wear? Do you, or like, what was your go-to to wear for things like that? Where they, I always they imagine it. You, they tell you like, but I was so young. So I played up on that, which is kind of like the wrong thing to do, to be honest, because they get so sketched out. But like, I was like, you know, the schoolgirl outfit, that was like my go-to. Interesting. Did you have this like act played out in your head like start to finish like how to make it through the hour if if it was just only an hour no I was doing it like the way I would normally have sex like mm-hmm. this is, like back in the day once again so like for me to have sex was like 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 being all in right and mm-hmm. I remember the guy was so like kind of rude because my hair was all messed up, like tousled, like the way. Yeah. yeah. But like, that's what normies do, you know, like they don't care what they look like after sex. So that's how I was like. And he's like, aren't you going to la la la, like make yourself up or whatever or freshen up? And I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. You know, I just kind of follow what he tells me to do. And now I like realize like as an escort, you have to be like picture perfect, like after, like never mess up your, you know, your presentation. <laughs> Right. But did, I was so civilian. So civilian. Like, yeah. Like, it's did crazy. You, can you recall anyone you ever met that you fa- had a connection with that you like, well, how about this? Did you did you ever find someone that quickly turned into a regular or was it always like a one off kind of John thing? Well, I had these weird phases throughout my career, quote unquote. <laughs> <laughs> but um. And when I was really young, I definitely wanted to not see the same guy again twice. And it doesn't even make sense business-wise at all. Well, probably it would give you a little bit of anxiety at that age. Like, oh, God, I have to, you know, live up to this expectation again. And what are we going to talk about this time? That, it was definitely that. And it was also just having to relive or, like, recall the guy. Like, if I didn't mm-hmm. like the guy, I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. There was something more more like um easier to handle if there was mystery and not knowing who he was you know because I even if I knew it was not going to be any better like there was still that chance that it could be better than the mm-hmm. last time if I didn't know who the person was and you're right there is nothing to talk about like especially <laughs> when you're young like you don't you don't right you don't, yeah you don't want to like yeah something about <laughs> having regulars when you're young they get tired of you too because you can't put put the act on mm-hmm. for too long after that. Like, like that makes sense. It's worn out. But when when you get like used to it, you you start to enjoy the job more. Mm-hmm. But when you're young, you cannot for your life enjoy it for your life. At least for me, that that's what happened to me. Yeah. Did you definitely feel yourself putting the character on when you walked into that room? Like, did you really have, was it like black and white of who you were not in the room versus in the room? No, no characters. It was just um, me super nervous, like a scary little kid. And then acting like I love the sex. (laughs) And that was it. Like, you know, there was no character though. Like, what was your sex life pre-escorting? Pretty non-existent. Like I had lived with a grandma for like a year, and we, <laughs> she, oh my god, like I love her to death, but like living with her was like it was like so that's upsetting. hard. Yeah. <laughs> so, how often were you 
getting booked and was it was it scary going from like not being very sexually active to frequently faking these orgasms and you know pretending like you were enjoying what you were doing no thank god i never had to fake orgasms i don't think that's like the point they just want you to like what they're doing you know like gotcha so it's more you have to like pretend to do an orgasm or anything like that you just have to you just have to like like just be down for yeah you know what i mean for whatever their um their what's the word they're not really down for like making you yeah they don't care about your (laughs) but did you ever find yourself in a moment of orgasming or was that not even your focus you know, it's, no, I, no, I never cared. I never cared. Yeah. Like I, I like just masturbating by myself. Like that feels good because I, there's no pressure like as to when it happens okay. and there's no one staring right at me. Like, I don't like it when people stare at me like too long. You know? I know. I just la- like laying like a limp fish and <laughs> just using my vibrator. No expectations. I just can't stand the, the looks that I get like, from like, it's just too much. Like they get too into it. It's just like enough. Okay. I, you know, I'm not like a center of attention type of person. So what do you, what's on your OnlyFans? Do you like solo masturbate or is is it other content that you enjoy making? Yeah, I've put out content, but no one has bought it yet, which totally blows. So all I have on my OnlyFans is like, like the vanilla stuff, like the sexy okay. dances and the sexy outfits and like lingerie, but like everything that I've put for pay for play or not, I'm sorry, pay per view. I always yeah. mess those two uh, slogans up, but anyways. Well, I'm curious when you masturbate, do you ever think about the experiences you had? Yeah, I do actually. I do, which is really strange. Like that's very strange. Well, I, I think that's how some people cope with traumatic experiences because I even find myself going through my head of really bad sexual experience I've had. And sometimes I think about them when I'm masturbating and it's a way for me to like process and gain power over that experience. Also, how, what made you come up with that whole realization? Cause I wouldn't, I would never come up with that on my own like that. I probably was sharing the experience. Um, the big one was losing my virginity in that aspect, which we all think about. And in my head, because I think as women, we can kind of close our eyes and take ourselves somewhere a little more so than men can. They, I feel like men need more visual like porn and whatnot. But I'll create these fantasies in my head of me kind of biting back <laughs> in that situation and taking my power back and it it turns me on in a way. And I don't know. I, I like I don't know if that's healthy. I should probably talk to a therapist about that. But it's just it comes naturally in that sense, because I'll lay it down with my vibrator. And I'm like, flipping through the chapters of my spank bank sometimes. And, you know, that'll happen. And Spring is in the air, lovelies, and with it comes a fresh wave of energy, blossoming flowers, and endless possibilities. But you know what puts an extra skip in my step? My fabulous partners at Viahemp. Trusted by a whopping 250,000 plus goddesses just like you, Viahemp's products are just like a magical wellness wand in a bottle. Feeling a bit frazzled after a hectic day? Cue the Via gummies for instant relaxation. 
battling stress and anxiety, don't worry, there's a gummy for that too. And for those intimate moments, Vaya has concocted something truly special. High Love Gummies, infused with pleasure-boosting cannabinoids, libido-reviving herbs, and just the right touch of THC. These gummies are your ticket to an electrifying experience between the sheets. But wait, there's more. Vaya offers an array of other gummies with or without THC, catering to every goddess's needs. Whether you prefer a subtle 2mg dose or a bolder 50mg kick, Vaya has your back. From improving sleep to sharpening focus or aiding in recovery, there's a gummy for every occasion. And the cherry on top? You can easily browse and shop their collection online, categorized by strength and effect. And here's the best part, darling. Vaya ships discreetly to all 50 states, right to your doorstep. No medical card needed. So go ahead, indulge in a a little self-care spree with via hemp because you deserve nothing but the best goddess head over to viahemp.com and use code goddess to receive 15% off and one free sample of their award-winning gummies 21 and up only that's viahemp v-i-i-a-h-e-m-p.com and use code goddess at checkout Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. Now back to the show. Trust me, it's it's still strange to me, but um, what what do you like? Why do you think that might happen to you too? Well, I, geez, I thought you had talked to a therapist about that because it sounded so insightful. It sounded like you really came to terms with like the reasons behind what you're doing. I think it must be like self therapy <laughs> or like something I probably subconsciously saw on TikTok. <laughs> See, that's the thing. Like, my TikTok experience is so limited. Like, I do not know where I would even begin to find <laughs> these kinds of TikToks. Like, I, it was so interesting. Every time you bring them up, I'm like, oh, I want to see that. Like, so with the TikTok algorithm, they can tell what you're watching and what you're constantly going back to and liking and they'll give you more of that so I was kind of showing my aunt you know she likes to cook and I was like you really need to follow these cooking uh content creators so that TikTok will give you more of it or if you want to see animals like you have to on the uh for you page like engage with those TikToks and uh my partner will be like why am I always seeing these you know sexy girls doing dances and stuff I'm like because that's all you're watching (laughs) oh geez No, duh, right? Um, Oh my God. So I think safety is really important to talk about. Did the agency screen these people or were you just kind of oblivious to the process and you were just there to make money? Um, well, they, they can't really screen. They, they claim to be, they, they claim to be a lot of things like bodyguards, Mm -hmm. good screeners, Trust me, they're not any of those things. Like the minute you get arrested, you're on your own, you know, like they don't care. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, they're nameless. You don't know their real name. They're not protection. They're just, they just trying to find a reason to like get hired and act like they're, they're 50, 50 is like mm-hmm. completely, um, valid. <laughs> so it was 50, 50. So if it's 50, like 150 an hour, so it's really 75 an hour. Yeah, but like I think the girl that that guy was talking about that made one fifteen an hour, I think she was independent because agents. Okay. I mean, nowadays, like there there can be really low end low end agencies because of the 
saturated way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or where you live. Depends too. on where you live. Depends on where you work. Yeah. A lot of things, you know, if you're like a foreigner, like then a hundred dollars can seem like a lot of money in your country. But like, if you don't live here and you're just visiting, like there, I don't know. There, there's a thing like that's kind of screwed up where you get paid what everybody, it's like a, what's it called? A buyer's market. Mm-hmm. so the mm-hmm. guy don't like they don't understand like why you buy charge more but it's like well maybe it's because my rent's higher than the girl who's just visiting from mexico exactly. or whatever you know what i mean like so was an hour like the general time or did people request like two or three or a freaking whole night it really depends yeah all of the above and and there are places that do half hours and stuff and quickies which i hated and i never <laughs> do any of those things and i always fought <laughs> people for that so did you ever like, is a quickie like a blowjob and do they fucking come in your mouth? No, that would be just like, no, there's criteria. There's like girlfriend okay. experience and then there's like porn star experience. What you're talking about would be porn star experience. Like any, yeah, C- they call it COF, like come on face or like. Time to interrupt this episode with a shameless promo for myself. If you guys haven't checked out our merch yet, check out slutrepreneur.com and head over to the merch shop. Whether you want a CE Ho hat or a Google is my daddy sweater, I've made tons of fun designs for you to express your slutrepreneur self. And as always, use code SLUT on your first purchase to get 10% off. Now let's get back to the show. I don't realize that like that, that there's such a huge difference between because I've done camming, right? Yeah. When someone hasn't done my side, like I wonder like what's confusing about it. But I realize that not everyone's done every little area of, of sex work, right? So Right. And and weird. honestly, I I think I have a nervous laugh sometimes too, because I would it would make me so nervous. Like it is easier behind a screen to give someone what they want and have boundaries because, you know, I have boundaries about if I'm using a toy in my asshole, like I can't take a big cock in my ass. I can probably take like a little butt plug. So I have a boundary there when I'm filming. So I'm thinking, okay, before you have a session with a guy in person, like, is this already discussed or, you know, do you tell the agency like, Hey, I'm not comfortable with anal, for example. I'm just curious how that conversation is to be had. Well, the girl usually tells you ahead of time and then the agency will like, they'll soak it up so hard. Like if a girl says she's comfortable with like, let's say anal, like every ad you'll see on the girl is like, I love backdoor. This is not like, <laughs> oh my just, God. they will ride it to the end, you know? I but see. Yeah, you have to discuss these things, but like, if you want to make it very vanilla, you can do that too. And that's sort of like what I've made. Like, like I've made it like where it's pretty chill. Like it's not pretty like girlfriend experience. Yeah. Like it's so not like what you see in the movies or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, so are, are condoms just a given? Definitely for me. Yeah. Yeah. For me. But I don't know what these rumors are about like, I mean, I don't know if it's a rumor, but I hear a lot of requests for non-condoms. And I think that's insane for for them to even ask. And for Well, you know how guys are. They're like, it feels better. (laughs) That's a weird thing, though, considering who we are. Like, Mm -hmm. if we say yes to you, aren't you worried about who else we're saying yes to? Is anyone getting tested or having papers or anything like that? No. And, like, that doesn't happen in porn either, supposedly. I heard a lot of things about porn, like... People get all kinds of things in porn. Supposedly, they get tested a lot. 
but like that's so inaccurate as well like do you and and i totally agree the whole industry is uh a little no um, like uh there was a california where there was a vote about wearing condoms and i don't even i've never done porn but i still voted to like have them wear condoms (laughs) nothing to do with my life but i was still like for that but the the only reason why they did that is just so they could kick out the the porn in, in California, like they, they moved it to Las Vegas now or something like at that time, mm-hmm. now everything is everywhere. Right. But at that time it was very popular in like, uh, the Valley in California. Mm-hmm. Do you recall having a, like a amazing payday or was there a moment where you were able to get out of the situation you were in or purchase something really lavish because, you know, we all think with sex work, the positive is just, you know, having all this money. Um, yeah, like it was cool paying for like a car in cash. Um, what did the dealership think? I always love that moment when a girl walks in with fucking cash. <laughs> no, no, it was not. It, I, I think I would be too scared to do it in a dealership. It was just a private, like, Okay. No, God, hell no. Like it was hard doing it to that guy. I didn't even know that guy, you know, but, but <laughs> so, guess what? A week later I wrecked it oh and, no. and then I had to pay for the repairs, which was like basically the, what I paid. No, not what I paid for the car, but close enough, you know, wow. I remember thinking how proud I was that I could solve the problem so fast, you know? Right. Like just like bought the car, fixed the car. And like, it was like nothing because it, because it was like the money just came. Right. Right. And you didn't have to like ask someone for it and feel less than. Exactly. Yeah. Even like when I first started working, I was still in a mess, like where I didn't have a place to live. But like, I remember my car getting towed one night and I could get it the next day. Like no questions asked. (laughs) Whereas like, no, but like back in college, not college, but even. Yeah. That would have been a big fucking problem. It would have been a huge disaster. (laughs) Right. So I remember feeling good even then. Like thinking, oh, like I can freaking just solve this problem. Girl, that's me when I park downtown and I don't have quarters. I'm like, fuck it. I'll pay a parking ticket. (laughs) Oh, see, I wouldn't do it by choice. But yeah, nice feeling, isn't it? Like, damn. So did grandma ever figure out what was going on or is... No, I had moved out by then. Like, she had no idea. Like, Does anyone in your circle know about these experiences? Uh, no, they just know the title. <laughs> okay. Okay. I know every, everyone's different with that. It's either like, I don't give a fuck, my family loves me, or it's like they've disowned me, or, you no know, way. they're trying. Oh, huh? that's crazy. It is. So are you, are you still escorting? What's, you know, how long has it been since you started and what's happening now? Um, it's just so chill now. And yes, the answer is yes. And it's just so much better. And and it doesn't feel like any different than just having friends that you sleep with. You know what I mean? So are you freelancing and have regulars? Yeah. Yeah. What's the best part of it now looking back like now versus then? That they are like, they're not, really my friends like I know in a crisis they wouldn't be there for me or anything like that but they're friendly and it's friendly like 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 whereas before I could not like make that connection like I said like I just wanted to distance myself and never see them again Mm -hmm. like it just it couldn't feel real in that way whereas now it just feels very chill and very friendly you know do you have a screening process oh yeah now I do like before I relied on those guys. I relied on 
yeah, I just relied on experience. And now I'm, now that I have the experience, like I know what I'm doing. So yeah. What tips would you say, uh, as far as screening goes, like, do you ask for their ID? Do you do any like website hunting? Yeah. Uh, you do some research online of them when you have their names and everything. And, and, uh, there's websites, uh, to look up numbers. If the number, you know, like comes out, like, like they're shady, like definitely Mm -hmm. just any red flag, basically anything like there's, you can never be too cautious. Like if it's just a bad vibe and everything else looks good, it's not worth it. Like, it's just not, you know, do you ever have like a friend, like wait down the street or have you ever had someone like check in on you or do you give someone your location? Well, no, because, um, it's where I live now. So it doesn't matter. Like everybody knows that I'm here. So. Okay. So I'm curious, have you ever had like a bad gut wrenching experience? Cause it seems like it's been pretty peachy. Oh, well, no, but that's how I've learned. That's how I made it peachy is learning the bad experiences. Okay. Right. Like, yeah, there, there have been a lot of weird moments, you know, like where I just have a lot of regret, like shouldn't have gone to that call. Shouldn't have seen that person. Do you care to share any of that? I know it can be difficult sometimes. No, it, it is difficult, but uh, but only because nothing comes to mind. I just know that I have a lot. <laughs> Do you think you blocked it out in a way? Uh, just maybe, just maybe because it's on the spot. But like, yeah, I recall them all the time. Like when I'm just doing errands or something. Like I'll think about those things. You know, like. May I ask if? If it had to do with like non-consensual situations. Oh, yes, of course. Those are the worst. Yeah. You I'm so really sorry. Don't. That's yeah. so fucked up. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, I'm sorry for everybody who has to deal with yeah. that. You know? like, so now you're in New York City. I, I'm curious how that is with like the COVID situation. I heard that it was just bonkers there at the beginning. I mean, from my day to day, it wasn't, but I know that there's a lot of people who panicked big time. I guess, is there any like COVID protocol with seeing people or is it just like you take your chances? Well, I mean, I'm more the conspiracy theory type, even though I don't like the label, but it is what it is. Um, I don't really buy into the whole COVID thing. Like, I think like death is part of life, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's sad about the deaths, but there's a lot of like child trafficking that doesn't get you know, um, put out there and like those numbers, we don't know. There's a lot of missing children every year. You know, my biggest question mark is, okay, cars can drive themselves. So why are we still, I think car wrecks are one of the biggest reasons for, um, deaths, right? Death. That's still like a big problem for me. It's like, that's just the one thing. So simple. (laughs) Yeah. But you gotta be careful with those car, those cars that can drive you because Mm -hmm. you get to a point where, you're only allowed to drive to work and back or something like that. Like you never know with technology, like where it can lead. Like yep, two sides to every story. You're giving up more rights. Yeah. So now I see that you're on OnlyFans. Did that just start? Yeah. I'm like, very new to it. Cause it's hard to figure out. Like, I don't know, like if I'm supposed to give it all away because like I said, every time I put up like the pay-per-view ones, I get nothing. And then the content that I have on my feed is something you could still see. You won't see it on my like regular social media, but you'll see it on a lot of girls, like, you know, like half naked, like you can see that pretty much anywhere. So that's probably why, like, I'm not really understanding like how I should frame it. Do you mind if I give you a quick little overview of your OnlyFans? (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. 
<laughs> so this is just first impression, uh, just flying off. So your bio says exclusive videos, hot content, fetish model, sexy videos. So to me, that's a very basic phrase. Like if you're on OnlyFans, we already know that it's hot and exclusive. So I think having a phrase right there that explains why you're different and why someone should sub to you is really important. So that would be my first thing. Um, Secondly, I think $22 a month is a little pricey for the market we're in. I think uh, $9.99 is a good starting point for when you're new. Uh, because myself, you know, I have a $20 a month thing, but I have, you know, a million followers on TikTok. So that's kind of saying, hey, you get the exclusivity to more of like a celebrity type, not saying I'm a celebrity. But as far as TikTok goes, there's a lot of people who want to see their favorite people on TikTok naked. Um, So that would be my second thing. And lastly, girl, you got four posts, no one's going to subscribe until you have at least 50 things up there. So whether it's just pictures of yourself or some quick videos, you know, put a ton of, um, you know, forget the pay-per-view right now, like focus on connecting and getting subscribers and talking to them and maybe doing some voice memos. Uh, But I think having more uh, record of posting is going to show people who subscribe like, oh, she's active. She has content. She's just not here to like take the bag and run. So that would be my kind of overview of that page if if you're feeling frustrated like you said totally yeah no you know i know it says four posts now but i debt i did the, that thing that option where you can mm-hmm. post something for three days and then it comes off seeing if someone likes it or tips you or whatever it's just a lot of experimentation mm-hmm. when you don't know what you're doing right like no, well, experimenting is the most important thing because then you're learning what to do and what not to do. But don't I think don't focus on posts that expire right now because if you only have a few subs, how are you going to tell what's a really good post and what's not? I think right. that focus comes right. later. Yeah. When I And I did hear your podcast for these kinds of tips. Like, like I'm thinking about doing that $0 thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then adding the blurry photos on your feed, like, like, well, there you go. Yeah, have a free account. Next, and then yeah, that was my next uh, move, you know, because because of you. Well, You're the one who talked. Oh, about. thank you. Well, I'll be honest, you know, I have a free account. Um, let's see, I have Wait, so you have more than one. Yes, you can connect oh. your paid account to your free account. So if you go to settings, profile, subscription account. Let's try account. Yeah. So you go to account and then connected accounts, connect another OnlyFans account. So that way, um, just really quickly, if people come to your free account and you're opening message to them, you can explain like, hey, so happy you're here. If you want uh, longer videos, more exclusive, uh, check out my paid account too. So then vice versa on your paid account, you frequently remind people like, Hey, by the way, I have 150 videos on my free account. They're all pay per view on my wall. But people come to my paid account all the time. And I don't have all those long come shows on my wall because on your paid account, they're all free on your wall. So I'm like, Oh, if you want a long foot video, like go to my free page, there's tons of videos that are pay per view. And then you can kind of shop there what I already have. But I'm not gonna lie, my paid account is making more money. It's generating more income than my free account is right now. Granted, I have 16,000 subs on my free account, 
but it's making less money because of that entry fee. So I think it's just important to have your eggs in two baskets. You know, it's two streams of income versus not even allowing yourself to have a second stream. You know, that's your hurdle you're putting up in front of yourself. Sorry, that was a lot longer. Oh, that's really cool what you said. I didn't know that you could add another account link to this account. account. Yeah. Well, what about your, yeah. your content is the same is what you're saying? It's the same? So perfect example. Let's say I do a five minute come show. What I'm going to do when I edit that five minute come show, I'm going to do like a 10 second clip as a preview. So on your free on, page, right? Yep. So on my free page, I show the preview and I say, hey, you can pay um, $50 for it here. Or if you subscribe to my exclusive page, you'll get it half price. So I'm posting the content in both places. You can pay for it if you want it on my free page, or you can sub to my paid page and get everything a whole lot cheaper. So that's kind of like a suggestion of posting both content on the same place. Um, another quick suggestion, say you just take a booty pick, a little panty pick. Sometimes I'll post it on my wall on my free page, but I'll go to my private page and I'll private message it to everyone and make it a lot more personal, maybe add like a nude with it as well, because it's important to do mass private messages. It's the only way to make your subs feel like you care about them. And it's more than just guys coming. They want to feel like you want them to come for you. <laughs> right, got it. You know about that. <laughs> You're so funny. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I just, I love talking about cum. <laughs> so tell me, my biggest question is what do you have to tell the baby sluts who are wannabe escorts, of course, legally and consensually, but what advice would you give the newbies who are wanting or just started to do things in person? Well, it's never legal if it's escorting, but I'm not really like always agreeing with what the law does, you know, like the law is so weird. <laughs> well, on my sugar baby episode, we said how it's funny that seeking arrangements is legal because you're just paying for company. You know, it's no different than than escorting for the most part. Yeah, but seeking ar arrangements is so sketched. Like, there's so many guys out there that don't want to pay for your time. Like, they're just, mm -hmm. I don't know. what I don't even know why they're there, to be honest. Probably because they think someone's desperate and, like, needs money. Mm -hmm. And they, they can, like, get you when you're vulnerable. I don't know, to be honest. Well, everyone has their price. What do you mean? I guess for... Um, the I, I guess the girls, you know, some girls will take less than others. So if there's guys on there that are wanting more for less, like you said, they'll probably find someone that's vulnerable and will take that um, take that line that they cast. No, there's like there's some crazy stuff that's happened from those kinds of sites, like where there was like I'll tell you one of my stories and I'll tell you a story about another girl, right? So my story is okay. Pretty, is not that bad. This guy just picked me up. He drove me around, asked me some questions and then decided that he wasn't going to take advantage of me. Like the plan was he was going to take me to a bar, like on the East side to get me wasted and then like take advantage. But then he realized like, I was like a nice girl. I don't know what changed his mind, but he was like, he's like, okay, I'm dropping you off. And I'm like, what do you mean dropping him off? Aren't we going to go out? And he's like, do you want me to do this? Do you want me to do that? And of course I say no to these things. But it was like a huge waste of time to like get ready for this guy. Yeah. And it was like a date. 
And then he should have paid you for your fucking time. Jeez. But they never want that. It's weird. Like I, I always request for that. Like, okay, if you, if you want to see me like bring an envelope, uh, like a gift, you know, and they're always, do you do like the money up front? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I never bother with these sites, but like this, this girl, she did it. And this guy, she was at at his apartment. Right. And he just shows Mm -hmm. her like this wad of money, like, like a huge pile. Right. And, you know, kind of like, like kind of says, oh, like you could have all this if you do this. She goes through with it. And then he changes his mind, like saying that the sex wasn't good enough. Oh, God. Like, isn't that terrible? Like, but like he was never planning on doing it. He was just sort of like luring her or like whatever it was. It was like some sort of bait thing. Right. Like. That's so sketchy. Very sketchy. Very hurts sketchy. my heart. And I've heard a lot of stuff similar to those things, like in these sites. Like, I think it's for girls who are too scared to escort. So they'll go on these sites thinking it's easier. Mm-hmm. And it's literally worse than escorting, you know? Yeah, it's and it is a little more glamorized, the sugaring. And, uh, you know, I relate it's not it real, to girls. But it's not real. Unless yeah. you're lucky or something, you know? Yeah, and I I relate that to girls who just want to do feet pics. You know, there's su- it's such a a market kind of how sugaring is that it's a lot more difficult. You'll quickly to realize like you know you gotta do a little more to compete, but that doesn't take away from the foot models who are doing exceptional um, because that's their niche and that they know how to hype that up. Um, so yeah, maybe like the there's food thing you're talking about like that's crazy. Like because you do the food have- thing. Yeah, you have to spend money on those things to like make the the ramen, right? And like make the mm-hmm. use a peanut butter jar, like you said, right? For the feet stuff, like yeah, you can definitely you know there's like bug squishing and lotioning them up and a whole array of of fetishes, as you know. So it's a a deep dark rabbit hole, and you know the girls who are confident and not giving a fuck like you know some guys will pee in your mouth or your butthole and if you know it's it's just money can be mesmerizing but I would never judge someone for what they decide to do with their life you know it's their it's their body it's their choice and I just hope that um you know it's just hard to say like I hope these bad things don't happen because they will but it's just it's important to be as safe as you can and learn what resources you have to use to to try and avoid um a bad client yeah, or a bad experience right like so if i were to give advice like the number one thing is just like like really listen to yourself like your intuition mm-hmm. you know like i think it's the thing that speaks first anyways and everything else would just be like noise like it's your intellect mm-hmm. that takes over and it's like to rationalize and say this guy looks rich he's got a nice place like that's all talk jabber, but whatever came first is like the, is your intuition telling you. 100%. Well, where can our listeners find you on the interwebs? Okay. So it depends on who it is, but if it's only, if it's, if it's only fans, <laughs> it'll be onlyfans.com slash Christina with a K X X O O. And then you mentioned my podcast, which is actually with my actual name, Dawn. Okay. So the Dawn Diaries. Diaries. And that's on, so far it's on the Google platform, Spotify. It's not on Apple yet. I don't know what's taking forever, but yeah, it's not there yet. It's on YouTube as well. Okay. And then I'm also on Instagram um, with my actual name and I have all the link tree tied to like TikToks and everything else. And that's Dawn MFL 
which is basically my middle name and my first two letters of my last name because I couldn't think of another. <laughs> it's like Don <laughs> Motherfucker. Yeah, Don, people thought it was Don Motherfucking Life. It's like, no, it's just NFL. Like, no. <laughs> Well, I will leave your link tree in the description of this episode so everyone can go subscribe to your new OnlyFans and say hello. But I just want to say thank you for opening up about this part of your life. I know it's not the easiest sometimes, but it's it's just it's reality. And it's a shame that society and the world thinks this is just something we can't talk about. But here we're going to fucking talk about it. So (laughs) thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Bye-bye.